Welcome to the first Known Pleasures FlexiDisc. We at Known Pleasures, in an effort to provide our listeners with more content, have decided to produce short-form podcasts, or shortcasts, as it's known in the industry. We're calling them FlexiDiscs, just to keep the 80s thing going. With these shortcasts, we've pared down our normal full-length style podcast into chewy, bite-sized morsels that can be easily and quickly digested. These episodes will be delivered to you kicking and streaming into your headphones during those moments between the full degustation menu that is the Known Pleasures podcast. Today we are going to talk about the 1982 synth-pop classic Iran by a... (laughs) Iran by a flock of seagulls. (laughs) So close. (laughs) I keep saying... I ran by a flock of seagulls as though I'm physically running past a flock of seagulls. You know what I mean. I ran by a flock of seagulls. Guys, have you ever heard this song before? Run it by me again? (laughs) A flock of what now? (laughs) <laughs> it is Iran, full stop, <laughs> by a flock of seagulls. Isn't there a subtitle in there? There's brackets in there. Iran, so far away. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. it is. You're <laughs> absolutely pre- right. Parenthesis? Is that Iran, <laughs> open brackets. <laughs> open brackets. <laughs> um, Tight as a drum, this podcast. <laughs> if this is a, a huge, a huge hit at the time. March 1982, Graham. Am I correct in saying that? You're absolutely correct. That's the time. In my notes here, I just have 82. So 82. Well, I've narrowed it down you've for you. It. Do we know the day, Patrick? Mm. Patrick it was St. Does. Patrick's Day, which is? 17th. <laughs> there we go. You just made that up, didn't you? <laughs> That's okay. We'll run with that. Mm. Um, what did you guys think of it? It's an interesting one because I remember it as a massive hit in Australia and the US. Patrick has told me subsequently it wasn't a big hit in their native In the UK, England. yeah. And they're a Liverpool band as well. I didn't know they were all Scousers, which, you know, mm, you know I feel about that. But <laughs> They're probably the most popular band to come out of Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> You've been dying to say that, haven't you? Um, everybody remembers Mike Score's hair, mm, even though in yeah. this song... His hair was actually reasonably normal in the video. <laughs> Comparatively. Comparatively. He didn't have that kind of flattened down mohawk um, that he that he was to sport later. I think that's a pity. I think a flock of seagulls were worth more than just the haircut. Absolutely. No, I, I'm just saying they were a massive MTV band. I think they were one of the, mm. the big staples on MTV yeah, in the yeah, early yeah. 80s, which started in the US, I think, well, 81, I think. Mm. I'd also like to point out that their name comes from a Stranglers song. Oh, which one? Toiler on the Sea. A flock of seagulls. A flock of seagulls. I'll have to, I'll, I'll, I'll have to put that in. <laughs> You'll have to put me in there doing it <laughs> yeah. as well, which gives them massive points for being kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. About well, that, because you know. Well, apparently Mike Score said that he was at a Stranglers gig, and Hugh Cornwell, Stranglers singer, looked straight at him. You know, as far as Mike was concerned during that song as he sang Flock of Seagulls. Wow. So, so I was going, oh, I've got to call it's my band a, Flock of Seagulls. It's a sign. So when they make the Flock of Seagulls biopic, that'll be a big part of it. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'll be that moment like in 24-Hour Party People yeah. where they, they reenact the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I think the point you make about Flock of Seagulls being worth more than the sort of like novelty MTV sort of thing is a good one to make. They had a John Peel session in 1981, mm. for instance, I think. And the first from A Flock of Seagulls is called Talking in Brackets, It's Not Me Talking. Mm. 
So, you know, they were kind of seen as an interesting indie electronic kind of band at the time. And they did have more than just the one hit they had in the UK. Their biggest hit was Wishing, I think it was called, If mm. I Had a Photograph, photograph of, you. of You. Again, the in brackets, subsequent they love the brackets. Yeah, later on. And that got to number 10 in the UK compared to number 43 for Iran. And also they wrote a half-decent instrumental called DNA on their debut album. Better than Half Decent. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And that song won a Grammy for Best Rock Instrumental. Nice. There you go. Which mm. the police also won uh, a yeah, year yeah, or two before. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, they're in good but company. So, so Flock of Seagulls beat, among others, King Crimson and Van Morrison for the Grammy that year. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also <laughs> like to point out they worked with Bill Nelson, who I really like his work, and Mike Howlett from Gong produced this Mike album. One Howlett. of my favourite producers, as anybody who's familiar with this podcast will know. Mike Howlett. And who else did Mike produce well, around Gang of Four for, for one, mm. and also Australia's own Hunters and Collectors, Payload EP. Mike Howlett gets mentioned on this podcast more often than Patrick says oeuvre. <laughs> he should get some sort of royalties <laughs> on here, I'd say. Um, Graham, had you heard of Iran before we asked you to do this song? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd never heard of it. Never heard of it? <laughs> I love it. I think it's a classic example of early 80s synth pop. I walk I do have a problem with the lyrics, though. Okay. It starts with a guy who sees a girl with eyes that hypnotise. Okay. Mm. Are you and okay with that? I'm okay with that. Yep. That never happens. No. <laughs> but he seems to get scared and tries to run away. Mm, mm, mm. But there's a contradiction in the chorus where he says, he ran so far away, and then he says, I couldn't get away. Which suggests that he didn't run far away at, at all. Mm. So the song should have been called I Tried to Run. So far away. So far away. And then you couldn't get away. Love's Um, a funny thing though, Graham. I know, (laughs) it is. (laughs) And also, if he went with my idea, it probably wouldn't have been a hit. So... um, I think there's ample evidence to suggest that's true. <laughs> so obviously Mike Score knew what he was doing. Mike Score's mm. living on the royalties of Iran. You're here doing a podcast with another two losers. <laughs> exactly right. So I'll defer yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, I think Mike wins point, that yeah. one. We can agree, I think, that, that love, love is paradoxical. <laughs> it um, is. Uh, I, I understand that the man in question in the song sees an aurora in the sky mm. and he and the woman are abducted by aliens. Yes. So... Well, don't tell me that couldn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we're believing in hypnotism by eyes, Mm. I mean, just how gullible are we? So in the second stanza, he's now running away from aliens with this girl. You've got a real problem with these lyrics, don't you? I I just can't follow them. (laughs) What are you expecting from a a pop song? (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. Well, I just wanted to make a little bit of sense. Okay. Look, I think that the the name also... um, of this track was something to do with a poster they saw in the management offices of a, of mm. a spaceship coming down and people were running away from the spaceship. So I think they kind of had space age themes. They had a song called Space Age Love Song. Space Age Love Song was yeah. one of my favourite yeah. songs. Yeah. 
this album, if we can get back to the music, <laughs> is, is actually really good. There's a mm-hmm. lot of really good songs on it, and people remember I Ran, but there's some really good stuff. And the mixture of synths and, and guitar was yeah, what made yeah, them yeah. successful yeah. in America, and I think mm. it was a really interesting template for a lot of what yeah, came yeah. after in the 80s because people were a bit suspicious of synths. We forget that now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, with that power mixture... And the echoey guitar, and yeah, they're really good songs. I, I, I think it was really successful, and mm. you know, they were one of the first to really run with it. Nice. I think we've mentioned before that the synth pop movement was kind of cocking a snoot at the uh, musical movements before, so we kind of. <laughs> yeah. so, so, sorry to bring back that. Uh, I don't know whether it's snoot or snook. The great cocking a snook versus cocking a snoot debate. <laughs> we never did find out which was correct. <laughs> so they were turning their nose up. Yeah, they were turning their nose up. Previous musical movements relied on a certain musical virtuosity, but if you see Mike Score play the keyboard in the video, mm. he's one fingering it. It's just it was yeah, the style yeah, yeah. of the, at the time. Though. It was, yeah. yeah. But I love mm. it. I love the fact that you know he was just using one finger. But he's not just using one finger. He's twisting his finger yes. around <laughs> like he's he's getting his daily wrist oh, exercise. Yeah. <laughs> There's one point where he switches fingers. He's got the yeah. left the index finger on, and then he quickly substitutes the right <laughs> there's hand. A, there's finger. another point where he lifts his hand right up, right up, and slams that <laughs> slams note down. It down. You've got to see the video if you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, treat yeah, yourselves. Yeah. I just love it. But I should point out that Mike Score is an accomplished musician. Mm, And also a former hairdresser. More yeah, really, yeah, yes. Yeah. The band used to rehearse above his hairdressing. He didn't do his own hair, did he? He may have had a hand in it. <laughs> I'm not sure. As a synthesizer player, I was definitely influenced by his minimalism. Like, mm. like I'm not. And his hair. And his hair. You've seen, you've seen the photos. Um, so yeah, in no way would I mock him. I love the theatricality of the simplicity of his keyboard playing. Mm. And you love the front that he, the fact that he was out the front too. Yeah, you? yeah, that's right. He wasn't stuck up the back on a riser. He was front and <laughs> yeah. centre. Where all keyboard players yeah, should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, the band I played in asked me if I wouldn't mind going behind the curtain. I thought they asked you to play in another room altogether at a different <laughs> venue. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Can you hear me out here? We're on Wednesday night. You're on Thursday night. <laughs> Somewhere else. Um, this is actually one of the few songs that mentions the Aurora Borealis. One of the mm, few. I'd yeah, say yeah. one of the only. Are there more? No, no. Yeah. Well, Taylor Swift. Really? Mentions Aurora Borealis. She does too. Oh, I'm, I'm suitably chastened. I should know that. <laughs> and Neil Young had a song called Pocahontas, but also C.W. McCall from Convoy fame. Yes. He wrote a song called Aurora Borealis. I'm not quite sure how the rock cliche. It's a rock. It's gone from me never having heard it before to a rock cliche in 20 seconds. I'm not sure what C.W. McCall's song went like, but I imagine it would have been. It looks like we got ourselves an aurora borealis. (laughs) (laughs) Ten four. I don't think he had another hit. No, that was his only hit. Can I just make a couple of random observations? Yes, go for it. Regarding um, Iran and the US. One thing I read was the fact that the song title matched the American pronunciation of the country we would call Iran, possibly helped it in terms of Iran was very much in the public consciousness in the US at the time because of the American embassy hostage crisis in like in 79-ish. Mm. So Iran was definitely on their minds. And also it would be remiss of me not to mention the extraordinary Flock of Seagulls reference in the film The Wedding Singer. Oh, yes. <laughs> when the Adam Sandler character goes up, he's rushing to classic airport rom-com Dunumont, and the guy behind the counter has a flock of seagulls haircut and for no reason that is poss- possibly fathomable <laughs> <laughs> in any human dimension, he says to the Adam Sandler character, 
do you like a flock of seagulls? Look, I just want to check in, all right? Just, <laughs> did he just get that flock of seagulls haircut three minutes earlier and, like, and Adam was the first person he'd seen? I'd say he was devoted. Mm. I'm going to go but did that. he ask that question to everyone? Well, yeah, yeah, he must have. Yeah. Most of those films that Adam Sandler does have some basis in reality. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the first person to ever say that. I, I hope so. Possibly the last. Mm-hmm. Have, we, have we run with Iran? So, Iran, Flock of Seagulls, can you guys sum up the song in one word, Mark? No. Patrick. I got three. <laughs> okay, well, three, give, okay give, three us, good. give us three words. Synth, pop, classic. Nice. Patrick? Well, I just think of the film clip and the, the word that occurs to me is blinding. <laughs> alfoil. <laughs> it's all about the alfoil. All about the alfoil. I would say simplicity. Simplicity.